I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company, Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast. With April and Shamey. <laughs> we know, what was your, your tune that you had earlier? Like, it's Amy, not Shamey. <laughs> <laughs> April's partner calls me Shamey. Yeah, he which does. I, which I, mean, I mean, I'm into because it's a combination of Amy and Shameless Sex, and I have no shame about that. So it's cute. I, I actually embrace it. But that's yeah. good. You made a jingle. It's Amy, not Shamey. Hey, April. What do you call a pile of kittens? I know the answer, but it's a pile of mountains. No, you just ruined it. It's just a mountain. Oh, a pile. I guess you can't have a pile of mountains. You don't call it. I also told Amy a very disturbing story today about something that I did when I was five. What'd you do? It stuck that cat in the microwave, but I didn't push on. I stuck a kitten in a oh. microwave when I was five, thinking I was going to keep him warm. I'm so glad you didn't just press on. Oh, look, you're, you're, the dogs are oh, really upset no. about this. Yes. Like, I'm so glad that I didn't press on either, but I just told her that. I was like, I'm so happy that didn't happen. And you all want to know why we're talking about this. Well, this podcast episode is with Kelly Mountain, master herbalist and intimacy coach. And it's on rebuilding intimacy after distance and disconnect, which applies to these days, these these times when a lot of folks, well, some folks are just too close to their partner, but some folks are really far from lovers, new partners, etc. Um, so some tips and tricks on how to rebuild intimacy with master. And I never did murder any kittens by accident. Oh, by the way, she didn't. No, so someone came in and said, my aunt Please came in that. and was like, what are you doing? I was like, I wanted the cat to get warm. I had no idea that a microwave would do something very terrible. Well, to kids don't an know. Kids I had no idea. Know. And I'm glad you didn't. You already, when I met you, you I would have been like, so traumatized by that. So when I met April, she already was a vegan at that point. You're not a vegan now, but you were a vegan then. And you've always, you've always been big on, um, animal advocacy. Yes. I was gonna say animal cruelty, but you're not big on the cruelty. No, I'm not big on the cruelty <laughs> part. I advocate for the animals and yeah. And, but I was telling you that story because we were saying the mountain mountain and then you ruined my s- joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's cool. That's not nice. Uh, and so for everyone sorry. listening, so April, I, I, because I edit the podcasts, I should just play this for you. But the last podcast we did last week at the very end with Nick Scopoletti, right at the end, we we're like, about to say ciao for now. Ciao for now. Perry's like, Aah! so for our listeners, you all know we have dogs. We apologize in advance that you might get the occasional bark from our small dog on shameless sex and they're really just saying hello and that they love you and if you can take it from that perspective then it will be an easy ride and we're trying to keep them quiet but we have no control okay so we have an agenda we have a sex question we have a bio and we have a lovely podcast for you all before we dive in, you all know we are part of a podcast network called Pleasure Podcasts. It is a bunch of wonderful sex positive podcasts such as 
Multi-Amory, Sex Talk with My Mom, American Sex Podcast. Holly Randall Unfiltered. Ooh, yeah, we recorded with her recently. We're going on her show. She's going on ours. And we all recorded little trailers. I guess they're not trailers. Little clips with our tips during these times. These quarantine or shelter in place. I know things are changing, so... Uh, and there might be some little tips that you can apply. And this one is brought to you by Multi Emery, the Multi Emery podcast. Multi Emery is an awesome podcast. I think their premise, their platform is to bring more science into sex and relationships. And in Multi Emery, they often talk more about open relationships and um, non monogamy, but it all applies to monogamy as well. Uh, and they just have wonderful things to share. Are you ready for the, the trailer, Chip? I'm ready. Here we go. Hi, I'm Jace. And I'm Dedeker. We're from the Multi-Amory Podcast. We're answering the Pleasure Podcast question of the month. What is my number one sex tip for quarantine? Make sure it's okay for your partner to say no to sex. It seems counterintuitive, but research shows that couples who are in the habit of giving a positive response to their partner saying no actually leads to the couple having more sex overall. If you want more research-driven advice for all kinds of relationships, check out the Multi-Amory Podcast. Go check out their podcast, the Multi-Amory Podcast. If you want to learn more, again, it applies to all relationships. You can learn a little something. When I was reading over the, our, our little agenda today, I thought it said multi-armory. I was like, what is multi-armory? Like, mm. you get a lot of armor? Maybe. But isn't that the premise of our podcast to get rid of that armor? Yes, it is. Oh, we are the anti-multi-armory <laughs> podcast. Also known our as Armour well, remember we had that person that made the clip, Shameless Sex. It was good. That was good with the porn That's in the background. Like, Ooh, I'm Amy. Ah. I'm not Shamey. <laughs> I don't have a, a, I don't have any sort of nickname. Well, I Ar- do. Ape Ar- Nuts. Ape Nuts. Remember Arple? Because we made your name tag that incorrectly at Pure Pleasure. Yes. <laughs> it was spelled Arple. <laughs> I'm like, didn't Whoops. autocorrect help That was there. mom. Hey, mom. Mom, you're listening. Shout out to Janice Baldwin, owner. I just answered your email, Janice. Janice, we answered your email <laughs> and you printed April's name tag incorrectly, Arple instead of April. And Janice is wonderful. I co-own Pure Pleasure Shop with her. If you are looking for sex toys, go to purepleasureshop.com and you get 15% off with coupon code SHAMELESSSEXA. No, shameless sex stones put the a at the yeah, end the a won't help you there <laughs> i want to also plug another friend's podcast as well so my friend there's that noise you're supposed to put the finger up when i do it i don't even notice it anymore shit you're not perry put a finger up oh you see you he's did putting it. his paws up so my friend sam we took the hakomi training which is a holistic psychotherapy training together and he started his own podcast called how are you doing really and getting into the nitty-gritty the vulnerability of how people are doing during these unprecedented times and i went on his podcast and i'm on this podcast often talking about sex and pleasure and fun and that one is much more about uh, vulnerability hardships dealing with challenge and so if you would like to hear me as well as sam and many other guests talking about Things that are beyond just sex and pleasure. Go check out How Are You Doing Really on iTunes. It's on all the apps. And you can listen and support Sam. He's awesome. I love him to death. He's a wonderful human. Nice. So there it is. Perry, put your second pot. I did it twice. Oh, it's okay. He only has two legs to stand on now. Okay, sex question. <laughs> You're going to have to edit that out. <laughs> no, I'm not. Get to work, Amy. Okay, let's... This is a really interesting sex question that I have... I can relate to. So I'm excited to share my thoughts on this and to hear what you have to say, Amy, and to all of our listeners out there. Perhaps one of you will also 
uh, this will resonate with you. Did I just do it? Yes, you did. It's contagious. Yeah, Sorry well, in well, advance. It's okay. Go Here see. we go. Let's read the question. I'm a 31-year-old male, and I've been married for just over six years. My wife has a non-existent libido, and she's not interested in any form of sex. She never takes the initiative, and we have sex once a month, twice if I'm really lucky. This includes oral. When we do have sex, she just doesn't get wet, even after plenty of foreplay, which makes sex extremely painful for her. She can only have sex in missionary. Although we never had intercourse before marriage, this wasn't always the case. She used to get really wet just from kissing. We've been to several gynecologists, and all of them have said that physically there is nothing wrong with her. I have discussed the issue with her several times over the years, asking her what the problem is and if there's something I could do to make sex more pleasurable, but she has nothing to say. I've tried to be supportive as much as I can, but I'm getting really frustrated now. What should I do? That's a good question. Yes. I think a lot of people can relate on both ends. And the one thing that really stood out for me, so uh, I I have, um, luckily and fortunately, my libido has shifted over the years after I was off of hormones. Uh, It really was, I felt like there was an opening and it really helped me get in touch with my pleasure. And I'm wondering if, if this person, the partner, if she's on any hormones. And also I will say like birth control, you mean? Yes. Or uh, hormones or yes. Contraceptive that could be affecting maybe her libido. Yeah. And also one other thing is that for, and I will speak for, for myself here, the, the wet portion of like getting wet and not getting wet. That is such a, there's, there is, it's not linear. I, yeah. I'm not either all always going to be wet or never going to be well, wet. There's not a direct correlation to no. necessarily to wetness and, and arousal too. And it definitely, and, and even lately in, in my, um, in, even when I'm super turned on, my wetness definitely isn't what it was like a few months ago. And that shifts all the time. So I'm wondering if, it's now maybe she's in her head a lot, which is what happens to me, which is why I use lube. Um, I, and I have Uber no lube. shame. Yes. In my, in my Uber lube game. And I have multiple bottles because I just also, because I do enjoy anal play too. So my whole thing for this person, and I know Amy's going to have some great advice would be uh, the question about if there are any sort of hormones involved or the shifting of hormones as well. So if she's on birth control, that could be something to look at and explore maybe another option of birth control. If she's not on birth control, maybe her hormones are shifting. I know, um, I don't know if she's the same age. You said you're 31. If she's around that age, things do shift. Uh, and there are things that you can do. We've had urologists on before that have suggestions. Um, and the wetness piece obviously I, I, sex being painful is, is, I mean, that's a red flag. You don't want sex to be painful. So, uh, maybe incorporate some more lube and yes, maybe. I think that you'll probably have some great things to say, but that was what I wanted to offer. Those two pieces of, of suggestion. I'm glad you said that. Cause when I was thinking of my answer, I wasn't even going for some reason because they said that they went to the gynecologist and there's nothing wrong with it physically, but half the time gynecologists don't acknowledge that birth control can affect wetness, libido, and makes your body give symptoms as if you're in menopause. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you said that. And the first thing that comes to mind here is, so they're, you know, they're young. He says he's 31. So I'm assuming she's maybe somewhere around the same age. Long-term relationships 
things just change. You know, she went, she, and so they went and did tests. Nothing's wrong with her. So it sounds like hormone levels are normal and birth control can still affect that. Um, and then age wise, yeah, as April said, we changed with age, but we also really changed with long-term relationships. When we used to get wet and excited by seeing that new naked body, now, you know, and maybe for him, he still does because he has more testosterone or if he did Jaya's erotic blueprints, he would be more of a sexual as yeah. opposed to an energetic. I can speak for myself. The longer I'm in a relationship, the more energetic connection uh, I need to stay excited. And the, as April was saying, and, and I commented on the correlation between wetness and arousal as um was Emily Nagowski says in her book, Come As You Are, and she's been on our podcast, she calls it arousal non-concordance. We have this idea that someone needs to be, when they're aroused, they're wet. And if they're not wet, they're not aroused. And this person is not saying, they're actually saying she just isn't getting wet. Um, and I'm someone who has had many phases of not getting wet. Sometimes I'll have wet phases, sometimes I won't. And then I had blocked glands. I had to get surgery on, on these glands. Uh, but also it wasn't just for wetness. It was an issue because they were turning into a cyst, which would turn into an abscess. Anyways, completely normal, don't like the word normal, but for in long-term relationships, for arousal, desire, etc., to change. And for wetness to potentially shift, whether it's her own thing that her body would have done without you or based on the relationship. I'm wondering, and they said, you know, even after plenty of foreplay, I'm wondering, and also here's the other comment, that when you ask her about it, she has nothing to say. I'm wondering if she's not really speaking to like deep down what she's really needing, wanting, and desiring. And it might not be about you. It might be, it might really be her own stuff that it's a scary thing. And, and she's been taught that you don't talk about those things and that, yes, there's plenty of foreplay and we do all these things, but potentially she wants or needs more, you know, is your lots of foreplay five minutes, 10 minutes? Does she need 20, 30 minutes? Are they using sex toys even? That, that yeah. is something that came up. Sex toys are a great way. Like for me, if I'm wanting to be intimate with my partner, but I'm not feeling super turned on sex ways, sex toys are a way to get myself there. And I'm not doing it just for them. It feels fucking great for me. Yeah. And it's, it's a, a fabulous way to, to kickstart your arousal so I would get more curious with her. You know, and we're doing all this foreplay, but give her an opportunity to, to share what she really wants and stay open to it and let her know, like, I'm happy to just kiss you all over for 20, 30 minutes. And it doesn't even have to lead to penetrative sex because it might also be a, fact that the, a feeling of pressure and her body shutting down. Again, maybe it's not you pressuring her. She might just be pressuring herself. So just to know that in long-term relationships, it's, we need to start getting creative. We need to start getting curious. And when bodies change, in Western medicine, we automatically go to, must be something broken. Mm-hmm. You know, let's go get the test, which I've done before, too. Mm-hmm. I've been like, when I had a low sex drive in my past relationship, I went and did all the tests. It was not my hormones. Really, it was, it was a resentment and, and a hurt in the relationship that uh, at that point was not really repairable. Um, anyways... So more about that. I love April. April said about sex toys. What are some sex toys? What's your favorite sex toy? Right? Are you still magic wand? Uh, well, yes. And I've been incorporating some. I love because my partner is a penis owner. I love vibrating cock rings. So I have been using the Adam Plus cock ring mm-hmm. and he gets perineum stimulation. And when I your get, body's touch, you get vibrations. Yeah, but it's actually so strong that even if it's just penetrative and I'm not grinding, I still his 
his cock becomes a vibrator and I love that and I love external stimulation so when I grind on it it also is really helpful I've used that a couple of times that's in, that in Adam A-T-O-M yes so that's like a hands free option that would make it so if you don't want to hold something if she doesn't feel like holding something or he doesn't want to hold something then you can have this this D- device that's just on the body. Yeah. yeah, I use the magic wand. Always have. It is big. It's bulky. But Sometimes it's awkward. It's loud. She too. could use so so say because okay. So for this, I want to actually give him some praise here. He's frustrated, mm-hmm. rightly so, because you want to be connected. So it's okay to be frustrated. No, it doesn't feel good. Um, and so this is a valid thing to talk to your partner about. Not be like I'm fucking pissed, but hey connecting with you intimately and sexually is really important to me and it really feeds me and I understand where you are and I want to respect that and how can we work together and one thing is that she you're saying the magic wand is bulky it's often for a lot of people kind of guaranteed orgasm yeah and if she starts to value being intimately connected with you maybe she can go and play with that on her own you know 10 minutes before you two unite and then when you unite don't make it all about sex and orgasm. Just see what's available in that moment. And if sex and orgasm becomes a part of it, awesome. But she'll already be turned on. I feel from reading this, obviously I don't have any more information other than what's written. I feel that even the, 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 the first line of the second paragraph was, we've been to several gynecologists and all of them said that physically nothing's wrong with her. So what, this person might feel really caught up in something's wrong with me, something's wrong with me. Stuck and I've in it, yeah. seen all of these doctors that have said nothing's wrong with me. I'm broken. And, yeah. Right. So it could be, it, obviously, the physical aspect, uh, it, hopefully she's healthy and, and it, it might be just a head thing that yeah. it sucks to get in that space. I've been there before and I know me you too. just talked about, so I was there for two and a half years, the, not that long ago. The, I think perhaps if she listens to this podcast, perhaps uh, doing a self pleasure exploration yeah. to figure out what she likes and, and you as the partner creating and holding space for her to do that. There's no shame in it. I want you to figure it out. I'm going to give you the space and the time. If you have kids or whatever that looks like, I will take them, go mm-hmm. in the shower, go go in the bed, explore yourself, look at your vulva and begin to know that you're not broken yeah. and we can do this together. And they've been married for six years. And I think now it's, it's going to be really cool for them to discover this rebirth of their sexuality. And I think if, if he supports it in a way that isn't about him getting laid, which I don't, I'm not saying that you're doing this listener, but more so this is important to me because being intimately connected with you, regardless of, you know, orgasm and penetration, just being intimately connected with you is very important to me. And so how can we work together on this? So that take away as much as possible, take away the pressure of you're doing this so we can have penetrative sex and you're doing this so that we can have goal oriented sex and more. So this is about connection and needs and desires being met as opposed to sex, 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 penetration. And orgasm orgasm is really important for him. He really is longing for an orgasm. Just masturbate on your own as well. Grab a, get a hot octopus product like the pulse and, and masturbate and, and give her the space and time, but I love what you said. Connection is going to be really important though, because you don't want to lose sight of, of the reason that you're in a partnership, you love each other. And if that physical aspect is, is really important, which for a lot of folks it is, and you need that and desire that, then leave the sex off the table and do some self-exploration, um, independently of each other and then come back together and talk about your experiences. And the last thing that I'll add to here that we actually got in trouble for this in a past podcast, someone left an iTunes (laughs) review that was mad that we had suggested, you know, essentially if you try all this, 
and it still doesn't work and needs are not getting met and you realize that you have different desire levels, sometimes people renegotiate the relationship dynamic. And hence why you should go listen to multi-amory podcasts and you can learn how to do that if you want to start negotiating, do I get needs met elsewhere? We're not telling you to go do that, but that is on the table should you choose that. Um, and There's, I'll leave it at that so we yeah. don't get hate mail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, they, so, did, they stopped yeah. listening anyway. They did. They're, yeah. they're gone. They don't there love us go. anymore. Bye. Okay, um, hopefully that helps, and I'm sorry you're frustrated, and I understand why you're frustrated, and I hope that you're able to um, work through and c- come to a place of more intimate connection with your partner. Are you ready for a bio ship? Mm-hmm. What do you call a pile of kittens? A mountain. <laughs> there you go. I ruined it already. All right. Kelly Mountain. Just kidding. Okay. She's going to hate me for saying that. No, take it seriously. <clears throat> Kelly Mountain is a master herbalist and intimacy coach with over 20 years of experience. Coaching, tantric bodywork and healing sessions, empowerment work, dance performance, sensuality, sexuality, intimacy, and wellness retreats are some of her specialties. Her life and work experience has been devoted to the health and harmony of the feminine and masculine and her offerings can range from working solo as couples in small groups or in larger events. Well, not probably not right now, but there's also online. She works online as well. To learn more, visit goddessmodern.com. But first... Unless you are following us on Instagram, then we are probably just voices in your ears. However, did you know that I, Amy, have a wild lioness mate? When it comes to taming this beast, my hair requires extra sensitivity. That's why I'm a huge fan of Function of Beauty. Function of Beauty offers shampoo and conditioner custom made just for my hair type. I took their simple hair quiz and they customized the perfect products for my long curly locks. I customized my formula with a scent of rose and my hair has never felt more silky and soft. Plus, there are no sulfates, parabens, or phthalates. And you can choose to have your formula fragrance and dye free. And all of this awesomeness is delivered right to your door. So, for all you hair owners out there, go to functionofbeauty.com shameless to take the simple four-question hair quiz. And you'll save 20% off your first purchase. Don't spend another minute in hair misery. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash shameless to let them know that we sent you. That's functionofbeauty.com slash shameless. All right, back to the show. All right, everyone. As promised, it is episode time. We are here with Kelly Mountain, master herbalist and intimacy coach. We are here to talk about how to rebuild intimacy after distance. And distance can mean a lot of things. Maybe you just had some time apart because someone was on a long work trip, or maybe there was some emotional stuff that came up and you were not uh, able to be uh, physically or emotionally close. Um, so, and that might be very fitting for now, although some people are mm. kind of stuck together right now. So it's a little different uh, for those folks, but some people actually can't see each other right now, even though they're in uh, some sort of relationship. So um, I think very fitting for the times. So Kelly, we like to start these podcast episodes with kind of the same question for everyone. Tell us about how you got to be where you are today in the world of sexuality. Hmm. Well, it's really just been an unfolding path. One step leads to another. My path brought me to studying um, holistic healing and uh, herbal medicine and uh, working with women and doing like uh, women's spiritual groups and into dance performance, event production. It's just like one thing after another. And then very unexpectedly, my path led me into this um, work with mostly men, some women, some couples as well, um, 
in the areas of intimacy and sensuality, sexuality. This is a great time to address right now. Obviously, a lot of folks have been in isolation and quarantine and communication and connection is is probably more difficult even if you are in the presence of your your partner or your significant other and so i guess the question is is talking about it's it's pertaining to the importance for couples to acknowledge and talk about and and maybe like dig deeper into uh, the blocks in communication and connection so why is it important for couples to do that you hit it right on the head, really. I mean, especially for women, I think it's really hard for us to share ourselves physically and sexually if there's blocks in the communication, um, if there's blocks in our heart, if we're not feeling well tended to, well taken care of, well supported, then it's hard to open the rest of our body to receive. And it's hard to want to give ourselves if we feel like we haven't been given to in the ways we need in in a long time. And oftentimes, um, women really need a lot of uh, support and tending when it comes to the heart, the emotions and the communications um, essential. We just can't get anywhere without that. And it's interesting, you know, most of the clients that I work with, um, most of them are married or in relationship. I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing when you can actually physically be so close to someone and yet feel so distant from them. So, um, and that's a big piece that I think a lot of domestic long-term partnerships are dealing with. The first piece that's really, really important is to, um, to address the communication because that's going to open a doorway to everything. And it might open a doorway into areas that feel slightly uncomfortable at first. Uh, typically, um, if, typically, if there's something to communicate about that is creating blocks in the connection, typically it's, it might feel a little bit vulnerable, might feel a little intense, might just feel straight up just bad to communicate something that you either don't want to say yourself or you don't want to upset the person you love. Um, You don't want to say it in the wrong way. You know, it's like, I think oftentimes people get stuck at this, at this point because they just don't simply have this, the communication skills to say, to articulate what's in their heart. But the thing is that you just, we just have to, we just have to go there, um, in order to really keep that physical, sexual, intimate connection alive. We really do have to go there. So it means getting even more vulnerable, even more open and honest. And what I like to do, like with this piece for me, if there's a communication topic that I feel nervous around and are anxious, like, oh gosh, I have this thing I really need to talk about. This is the last thing I'm sure he wants to hear. Um, You know, I don't really know how I'm going to go about this. There's no right time. Um, I think there's so much value in just opening up these communications with some kind of statement that's something along the lines of, hey, I have something to share with you right now. I don't know that I'm going to have the greatest degree of skill in sharing what I have to share right now. And this might be a little bit of a bumpy ride. I'm going to do my very, very best. And, and I also think it's a nice resource to know that we can pull that when we're in a, a communication that's vulnerable or sensitive of this nature, 
as we're trying, as we're like kind of testing out these, our communication skills in these ways with our partners. I think it's also really important to understand that we do have the ability to pull this card if we need it, which is something along the lines of if you, if you feel the communication is just, it's not being productive, you're spinning around in circles, like you're on a downward spiral, it's just getting worse. Just play the card of like, hey, I'm noticing this might be a good time to just pause on this conversation. We don't need to, we don't need to come to any kind of conclusions. We don't need to come to a resolve in this moment. We can just, we got this far. Let's just hang out here for a while. Let's just let everything settle and let's come back around. Like let's check in and maybe we'll come back around this evening. Maybe we'll come back around in a few days or something, you know, we can build space into the ways that we communicate so that we don't have to feel like, we don't, so that we can take the pressure off ourselves where we don't have to feel like I have to come to the table knowing exactly how to say what I want to say. And I have to come to the table with some amazing solution ready to, you know, pull out and, and take care of this whole thing. Like we don't have to do that to ourselves and each other. Like we can allow the communication to be a process. And most times it is most times if there's something to communicate about that is specifically creating tension or disconnect between the two, then yeah, most of the times it is a little bit of a process, you know, and just to know that it's okay. We can let it be that and we don't have to be perfect, but we do have to try. Mm -hmm. We do have to try. We do have to, um, you know, like I said, be vulnerable, put ourselves out there. We might make a mistake. We might say the wrong thing. They might get upset. I don't know, but you just, we got to put ourselves out there if we're going to reach deeper levels of intimacy with the people that we love. What, yeah, one thing I'm I'm hearing from you say you're you saying is that um, you, we kind of need it to take risks for deep connection and to maintain the connection, especially when we have hurts or when there's a communication breakdown, and it's scary to go in and say, "Hey, there's some repair work to do here." Is usually not a fun conversation for anyone, um, and it's uncomfortable. And so I think part of it is to to, and I think we're also we're also kind of cultured to say that we we should never feel uncomfortable. Like life should always be comfortable, mm. which is like, mm, yeah, good luck to you feeling super alive and mm. and, and uh, going <laughs> deep with people. Um, and so embracing that discomfort and taking risks as a means of having that greater connection. And one other thing that came to mind when you were speaking was that. Um, the aloneness that people can feel. Um, I think single folks or folks who are maybe partnered but not living with their partners, you know, they can still feel this great aloneness in their alone time and maybe not having access to this other person whenever they want it. Or maybe they're single, they don't, there is no other person. But even folks in long-term relationships who have been married for 10 years and they see each other every day can feel so alone. And part of this is probably this, you know, this lack of curiosity in one another, you know, not working on past resentments. There are blocks in communication. And, and so they are not doing things to prioritize connection time, which brings me to my next question, um, which is more tips for ways that folks can prioritize connection, you know, when, um, when they have access to each other all the time or, and, or also when they do not, when they're, maybe they're super busy, maybe they have kids, maybe someone travels and works on the road, probably not right now during coronavirus, but, um, you know, how can people uh, prioritize connection time? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, okay. So a couple of, actually a few things come to mind right away. So number one, Especially for domestic partners, um, 
as much as possible, see where each person can simplify their lives so they can have more time in the day to themselves. Also on that token, see where each partner, if there's some way each person can help each other, if there's some task that they can help clear off each other's plate so that each person, again, can have more time with themselves, that's where to start. Because when we fill our own cup, when we come to the table with a cup that's already full and overflowing, it's way more fun to connect with that energy, especially when two people come with two full cups, that's a very fun energy to connect with. Not as much when two people come to the table with empty cups or one's full and one's drained, you know? So it's really important to prioritize self-care, first of all, so that everyone can take care of themselves. And then that way have all that good energy to bring to the connection. Um, the next thing I would say is prioritize time connecting that is just purely energetic, emotional, intimate, sensual, that is not sexual. So it's really important, especially for women. Um, I liken it to, it's like we have like a well of um, in, like connecting. We have a well of energy uh available to connect to others with. And it feels best for women to connect with others when our well is like full and overflowing. It's really hard as a woman to be connect, connecting to others, to be available for others when we're feeling tapped out. So um, ways to fill that well are through connections that are intimate and sensual, emotional and energetic and not sexual. Um, so prioritizing time to connect in ways that are just give each other like a you know, five minute shoulder massage or, you know, rub, rub her feet or pet his back or just lay and sit and hold each other and just talk about your day. Um, there's so many resources these days for like tantric lovemaking. Like there's so many resources with different types of exercises to enjoy. Actually, and I have um, some, some, a video on this topic as well. Um, just ways to enjoy sensually together um, and really link yourselves up energetically because that really, for both people, but especially for the woman, it really does help to replenish that well of, of intimate desire and, and the, the desire to be close to others. Um, and then I would say, the last I would say to that question is prioritize time also like intentional, intentional time where you're going to come together and you know, you're going to make love, but maybe you can carve out a window of three hours where you start with some meditation and then you go into like some sensual touching. Maybe you, maybe that goes into some eye gazing and some petting, um, you know, maybe that goes into like a beautiful sensual massage and then from there into lovemaking, you know, where there's like this build up, this slow unfolding build up that can then, you know, uh, you can enjoy the that final crescendo of, of the lovemaking together. And and in those times, like bring in um, a fun energy of play and innocence and curiosity and exploration. Ask questions, like use it as a time to ask questions and get to know more about yourselves and each other 
other in that way. And to do that kind of thing on a whatever kind of regular-ish basis for that works for the couple. Um, so that maybe that maybe that kind of lovemaking experience is just like once a month or maybe it's twice a month or maybe it's once every three months but just something so that you guys that said the couple is able to continue enjoying an exploratory uh kind of sexy time Mm -hmm. together amy and i talk about playfulness all the time and thank you that is i think great advice and playfulness is so important because the moment that you are well and i don't want to say everyone i can speak for myself and i think probably some folks resonate with this. The moment that you're talking about lovemaking or intimacy, there is a level of seriousness, right? Because it's like a lot of times this deeper aspect of oneself that you are not intimate and or sexy with the majority of people that you come in contact with every day, right? I mean, you might tap into some of those those uh, the aspects of yourself, but really intimacy is is special. And so creating this playful practice, I, I think that's such great advice. And uh, it takes the, the, the seriousness out of it where, I mean, you can be serious, of course. And I think being playful is so important. So thank you for, for, for saying that, which, uh, I guess the question here, and that was more of just my, my, I don't know, my observation about what you were saying. And I, and I do think it's so important. So the question is, okay. So a lot of times you get one partner that is open to this reframing of lovemaking, and then you have another partner who isn't or who is maybe stuck or who doesn't see that they have an issue or they're maybe less apt to to want to change anything right so and I think maybe this is something that's more common in, in like a lot of hetero relationships women and their penis owning partners or folks that tend to have the the longevity almost working against them right they've been in this relationship for so long so the question here lies within what, what do we offer those folks that are in these, these stuck, one person wants this shift and the other person is sort of stuck? What do you think? That's a really great question. I think a lot of people come up against that in my experience so far. Um, yeah, I think a lot of women tend to come up against that with their partners. A lot of women generally tend to be more interested in these topics, you know, um, progressing in their intimacy and getting better in bed with their partner. Um, so, well, I, I would suggest that the first, first step is to make the needs and desires known, have a conversation. Hey, sweetie, I just want to let you know, I'm just, I, I love us so much. I love everything we're up to, everything we do. I do feel even more curious like what would it be like if we expanded in this way in our in the bedroom I I I feel like I want to learn more about myself I feel like I want to learn more about you I want to have some experiences you know like make it about the person and their needs their wants and invite the partner in for a journey with them and you know, say, you know, like, would you be willing to be my trusted partner in this way and and go on this whole journey with me? Would you be willing to uh, test some edges and, you know, just learn more about ourselves in these ways and be exploratory and playful and vulnerable? And I think that it's really important to, in general, keep in mind, we, it's, it's important to meet people where they're at. So, 
I would say next step after that initial communication would be uh, to create an experience, an introduction experience that's going to be comfortable for that person. If one person's really open to the idea of kink and the other person's really conservative, you want to take that into consideration for the types of experiences that you invite your partner into, right? You don't want to scare them because as soon as they feel like scared or intimidated, as soon as they feel like they're not enough, then that's going to just make it harder to open that door with them. So I would say have fun with creating the first initial experience to welcome them into that journey with you. And I think that going back to what you just mentioned a moment ago, I think that play actually is like the greatest way to do it because when everyone can just like have fun and just kind of know that it's a safe space to be vulnerable and perhaps even goofy, perhaps perhaps like this thing is coming to mind right now. Like I was doing with my former partner, like we had a few drinks and I decided I was going to dance for him, but there's this huge air mattress in the bedroom, in the, in the room, in the way. And I danced on it anyways. And I ended up stumbling and I fell and we both laughed and I was naked. We both, you know, it was like, it was like this funny, completely dorky moment, but it just like the laughter together at like me trying to be like smooth, sexy dancer. And then I trip over the bed and you know, just, it's like, it just like, it, it helps to make everyone like helps to make everyone feel like we're on the same playing field. We're just here to have a good time, kind of lightens the air a little bit. Um, so that's, that's a bit about how I would approach um, you know, that topic for people that, you know, maybe their partners just aren't quite on the same page with where they're at with this topic. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast was made possible by Uberlube. It's a luxurious silicone lubricant that enhances sex and intimacy. We receive emails from listeners who have tried Uberlube and the feedback is unanimous. We never knew lube could be this good. It's also less likely to throw off the pH than most other lubes, and there are thousands of doctors recommending UberLube to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks experiencing dryness. UberLube is without a doubt my favorite lube. It has no flavor, no scent, and feels absolutely amazing on my body. And it isn't just for sex. I use it to tame my hair frizzies, to prevent chafing, and I even put some in my mouth before an oral sex session. Totally ups my blowjob game. Oh, and the bottle, it's beautiful. It looks like a cosmetic product. So I just leave it out on my nightstand totally shamelessly. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off plus free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by omgs.com. OMGS is a research-based online program that teaches you all about how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made beautiful animated modules and super honest short videos to give you ways to reach even more pleasure. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it's been changing their lives. We all know pleasure is fluid and ever-changing, so why not add more tools to your pleasure tool belt? OMGS is for everyone, so whether you are a vulva owner or you just love vulvas, OMGS will give you the techniques to get your O-face on. 
on. There are two seasons to choose from and hundreds of gorgeous videos to explore. So go see what science says about pleasure and visit omgs.com slash shameless. That's omgs.com slash shameless to get $5 off your OMGS access. Again, omgs.com slash shameless. Go check it out. Now back to the show. I love the way that you worded that. You totally sold me on it. I was like, yeah, I do want to work on this with you. It felt (laughs) very loving and very safe. Like I didn't feel like, you know, there's any fingers pointed there. There's anything wrong. I know people can still misinterpret anything or interpret anything, I guess, however they want to, because it's all a matter of perspective. Um, And there is something to be said about all these factors, you know, the tone that you speak in, you know, eye contact, the way that you show up, the words that you use, you know, saying things that are positive. You started it with like, hey, you know, I love you. I love you so much. Or, you know, I'm loving uh, everything that we're sharing. And here's some things that I think will ultimately just make us better. I'm just curious about these. And And I love the... I love the reminder for curiosity and um, Esther Perel does a lot of work around that and about how folks in long-term relationships, do they just stop getting curious about each other? You know, it's like, especially if you're spending all this time together, or you have kids and you have your like, you know, on merit year, marriage year eight and you're like, why? Well, I, I, I know you, I know what you'd like. I know your moods. I know that look on your face right now. And instead of like, huh, Every day we are different. We're constantly learning and growing and being affected by our lives and our environments. And how come we stop getting curious about other people as if, like, as if that's not true? Um, and so how can we look at people, one, one, just get curious on our own about them every day, but also actually asking questions that are about curiosity and then framing things, reframing things as a curious exploration uh, to ultimately serve the relationship's higher good as opposed to we're broken, there's something wrong, I'm really unhappy. Um, I think it's, there's almost always an opportunity for things to be phrased that way, not in like a bullshitty way, but in, a, in an authentic way, should you take the time to really ground down um, into that for yourself. So I, I'm just loving, I'm loving the, the um, softness of your approach. To me, when you speak, it feels very much like, I don't know, I'm, we live in Santa Cruz, so some people might not resonate with this. This is very much like water. Like, yeah. <laughs> very like gentle river flow of the way that you are um, articulating this. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm not saying everyone should go and learn to speak, you know, in the same way. And there's some that just, I'm, I'm really being reminded of the, um, the power in our intention and, and our approach and the work that we've done. I'm sure a lot of your experiences have also been from personal relationships with partners mm. as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. I had a 14 year relationship, um, on and off with a man and he's the longest term love I've experienced so far. And so, um, yeah, he was my first tantric lover. We, I didn't know that's what we were doing at the time. <laughs> um, you know, uh, yeah, actually I, I learned so much from that relationship. And then since then I've had a few very, very short term, but very meaningful connections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. Actually, I'm an intimacy coach and I actually don't find myself dating very mm-hmm. often at all. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah, I, I under, understand that <laughs> as well. So <laughs> So if our listeners, if they want to find you, work with you, learn more about you, can you let them know where to find you and Instagram or any social media channels that you have as well? 
Oh, sure. Well, my, my website is goddessmodern.com and all of my social media is linked to my website, goddessmodern.com, but I'm also Goddess Modern on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Um, so they could, Kelly Mountain, Goddess Modern. That's how they can That's find me. easy enough. That's awesome. Way to, way to handle that. And Goddess, <laughs> I love the Goddess Modern because... We all can tap into our inner goddess on some uh-huh. level. And, and this is a new age, right? It is a modern day to be whatever goddess you want to be. Well, and, and it's, it's such a powerful time, especially like the role of the feminine in this time is very, very powerful. In fact, I think it's quite instrumental as things unfold. And um, yeah, we're like in this time period of like rewriting the story of what does it mean to be a woman right now? You know, it's very different what it means to be a woman right now than it was even just one generation back, you know, it's like, well, what does it mean now? And, um, how to bring forward that really just authentic, um, effective divine feminine energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you work with folks, uh, well in person, I don't think anyone's really working with folks in person these days, but uh, you work with folks, um, online, you do like video calls or what is your, what is your, yeah, work? exactly. I work in person, uh, with singles and couples. I run small groups and I fit different types of concepts into larger events as well. Um, but yeah, I do also video calls and, uh, phone coach, coaching over the phone. So I, I travel the, um, around the world quite often. And so I, I'm mostly in meeting with people online. Uh, but um, in person is the best, obviously just, I love creating experience for people. And that's one of my specialties is just creating experiences that um, are safe and secure for people to come in and kind of try um, just explore all these different kinds of topics around like intimacy and sensuality connection. Thank you, Kelly mountain, uh, Amy sort of, uh, she's shifted the word mountain for me. And every time I see the word mountain, I say meowton. I almost said Kelly meowton because she's like, you want to go to the mountains? So I'm so happy that I did it. But FYI, I love cats. And, Kelly meowton. Uh, you, know you know, the, the joke though is what's a, what do you call a pile of kittens? Most of the jokes I've learned from April, but that one I learned from our friend Kim. That's the yeah. first time you told me that one. I love it. I love that. I love cats as well. I feel oh, like if I, if I could be any animal, I would be a cat. My oh, name so is Natalie Mountain. That's actually oh kind God. of a perfect, perfect little conclusion to this beautiful, beautiful interview, or I should say just uh, experience with you. So thank you for taking the time and sharing your gifts with us and with our listeners. Kelly, it means the world. And to all of our listeners out there, thank you for being part of the Shameless Sex Revolution. If you want to check out something that Amy and I love, it's called wine. Because why not? Sometimes you just need to drink a glass of wine. And we are a huge, huge supporter of Margins Wine because she, Megan Bell, who is the winemaker, makes beautiful boutique wines that are salt, basically free of sulfites. There's a little bit, but they're naturally occurring. Handpicking the grapes. Please support your local winemaker when you can, if you have the time and uh, learn why Amy and I love Margins Wine so much. So With that being said, we will see you next Tuesday and next Friday. We love you all. Ciao for now. 
Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.